Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Going to love that little pig over the week. <laughs> Keep going, go fly, figgy fly. I want to welcome those who are watching uh, online right now around the country and around the world. Thank you for being part of the Crossroads family. And before we get started, I want to I want to take you back to a time when I was in high school. A lot of people now refer to that as the Jurassic period of our of our life. But um, here's what happened. I, my, my youth group, we used to, and if you're not a part of a youth group, if you're a youth and you're not part of one, you're missing out because that was just an incredible, incredible time in my life. And uh, just it's, uh, so thankful we have an amazing youth group here. But uh, what, I was, what they would do is uh, we would practice a play, a musical, starting in November, and then we would go on a tour for, through several states uh, every year in the, in the spring, during spring break. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. Well, one time we were in, in New Mexico, I remember that, and we were uh, having to go from one place to another. And we were in this old rickety school bus, bi- pretty big thing, but it was an o- old school bus, and we'd travel around that probably for four or six hours almost every day. And, and, uh, and, and one time we're, we're trying to do a shortcut. They're trying to do a shortcut to save several hours going around this, uh, this way. We were going through a pass, and it was, it was dirt. It was... It was a dirt path, and it was, it was dangerous. There was no guardrail on the side, and it was a plunge of several hundred feet. I mean, it was a long, long way down. And, and I remember as we started doing that, it started to pour, just pour, pour, pour. So the, the ground, instead of it just being dirt, it was solid mud. And I remember we are swinging back and forth as we're trying to go up this, uh, this road. And we had a great driver. He, that's what he did for a living was, a, uh, was a, a bus driver, and he was just amazing. But I remember one time we swung so hard to the side that we were actually, uh, I was with a young lady, a friend, not a girlfriend, but a friend named, named uh, Lyric, and she was sitting next to me, and all of a sudden, we swung so much, I'm about, we're about six or seven rows from the back, and we are even with the edge of the cliff, okay, which meant all my friends in the back, the next five rows back, they were all hanging over the cliff, and they were looking there, and they were screaming, Okay, and, and I remember, and we're all, you know, I'm looking down there, and there's, there's nothing. I see nothing down there. And all of a sudden, for, it just seemed like we just swung back and just went, went back on the road out of nowhere. It just seemed like somebody grabbed us and threw us back on the road. And then we, we stopped. We skidded to a stop up, up. He couldn't go any further, the bus driver. And he asked us all to get out, all the guys to get out, and we're going to have to push the, the, the bus. But we wanted to see where we went first. So we looked out there, and we went to where we had just about fallen off, and we're all looking at each other, and one person said what we all knew. And he looked and said, we should have died. So there's no way. There, I mean, we saw where the, where the bus went off of, and there's no way. Physics was, was defied there and everything. And, and so we went back to the, the bus, and we're all silent. These guys were never silent, and for, for 20 minutes, they're just silent. And I remember Lyric just put her, uh, her head onto my, my chest, and she started to sob. And I realized what had happened with her is her parents had died in an auto accident just a couple of years before. Now, do you see the irony of this? Do you see the, the, the thing that, that God just spared Lyric and the rest of us, but a couple of years before, God chose not to spare her, her parents, who I'm sure God loved just as, as much. 
And we are in a series that I love, a series on how God heals and how uh, miracles of healing, miracles of provision, and miracles of protection. And, and we all believe in that. I mean, we, we see that in the Bible. We've all seen every one of those in our own life and the lives of people we love. But what happens when God doesn't heal? What happens when God doesn't provide, when God doesn't protect, when God doesn't do that. And those are the things that sometimes we have to wrestle with as well. And it's not as, as, as easy of a message, but it's just as important of one. And, and I want to th- just start with, with, there's two big thoughts that I want you to go away with today. And the first one is, is at the start, and that's this, that, that long before you face a problem, God already has a, a plan. And you think about Jonah. I mean, long before he was thrown overboard by the guys, God already had a big fish ready to to swallow him up so he could spit him back to where he was supposed to be. God already had a plan. And remember the the children of Israel? Remember they're at the the Red Sea, and there's this big sea in front of them. There's the, uh, the biggest army in the world behind them, and they're there. And long before they ever got to that place, God already had a plan that he was going to part that, that sea wide open. There's this incredible passage in the Bible that we, we realize that God had a plan before we ever sinned, before Adam and Eve ever blew it, before there was ever a fall. Jesus was already on the way to the cross. Listen to this. It's 1 Peter, and it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that we were redeemed from the empty ways of life handed down from, to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish, blemish or defect. Here it is. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed to, uh, in these last times for your sake. Before we ever blew it, God already had the answer. Before we ever had the problem, God already had the answer on the, on the way. Now, what does that mean for you and me? That means this, before, before there was ever the breakup, God already had a plan. Before there was ever the breakdown of your car, of your house, or you, or you know, got the health report, or anything like that, God already had a plan. Before there was ever that difficulty at work, God already has a plan. Before there's ever that struggle in your family, God already has a plan. Before there's all the wayward child, God already has a plan. God's that way ahead of us. Now I want to look, we're going to look at the, the message today, and, and there's this incredible story about uh, Paul in Acts chapter 16. And here's the background of the story. Paul and Silas were on a missionary trip and, and having great results, and then there, when they went into this one town, there was this possessed young lady. And she was possessed with a demon, but by which she could tell the, the, the future. And the people who, who, you know, who were the masters of this slave girl, uh, they got big bucks. I mean, she was the cash cow. She was, they were getting big coin from, from this girl. And, and she was following around Paul and Silas and, and distracting the people from what they were doing. And Paul and Silas put up with this for a couple days. And finally, Paul turned around and said, In the name of Jesus, get out of her. And the demon left. And that's really good for the lady. It wasn't good for the slave owners because now their cash cow was dried up. And so, so they start falsely accusing Paul and Silas, and they get a whole riot together of people who are absolutely up in arms, and here's where our story begins. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Now listen to all the things they went through. And the magistrates ordered that they be stripped and beaten. Then, and that they'd be severely flogged. Okay, so that means that they've, they're whipped as well. And then they're thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, and he fastened their feet in the stocks. 
Now, I'm hoping most people can't relate to any of this. I hope not many people have ever been stripped or beaten or, or anything like, like that. But, but I, I bet you every person in here at one time or another has been stripped of hope. That you were really hoping that there was something, you had a dream, you had something, you had a prayer that you were doing, and something, it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen, and you were stripped of, of hope. Or maybe you weren't beaten with rods and you weren't whipped and things, but you've been whipped and you've been beaten with words before. And you've had words that came and they hurt you. They hurt you down to your soul. They were, they were accusing words. They were, they were lying words. They were words that, that discouraged you, that put you down, that made you feel like nobody. They were lying words, whatever it is. But you've probably been whipped with, uh, with words because that's what happens in this, uh, in this world. And maybe you too have been falsely accused as, uh, as well. But back to Paul, think about this. He had, he had done nothing wrong. I mean, nothing wrong. He's on a missionary trip. And he's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's preaching, and then he sets this girl free from demons. He has done nothing wrong, and yet all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in his, uh, in his, in his life. And you think about this, he, um, and he was also a Roman citizen. What that means is it was against the law for him to be beaten. It was against the law for him to be whipped. It was against the law for him to be chained. It was against the law for him to go to prison if there wasn't a trial beforehand. So everything that's happening to him is wrong and it shouldn't be happening. It's unjust, it's unfair. And what we need to realize too, and every one of us are looking at is, God could have stopped that, couldn't he? God could have brought a big old angel and whooped up on them and opened up a can and those people would have been smited, you know, or whatever, that they never put him in, in jail, that they never put him in, uh, in prison. And let me ask you this. If you were Paul, what would be going through your mind right now? How many words of, God, this isn't fair, God, this isn't just, God, this is wrong, I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to do the right thing, and this is what, this is what happens to me, and, you know, be, because of that. And, and what, what could Paul have been doing? Paul could have been doing what a lot of us do, and that's this. When something doesn't happen the way we hope, when God disappoints us, when, when God's church disappoints whatever, and we, and we do this, we say, well, you know what? I'm just going to show God. I'm going to stop reading my Bible. I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going to stop listening to Christian radio. I've got nothing but secular on the dial now. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to show him, right? And there was a young lady a, a while back to, that I'm talking to, and she hadn't been to church in a long time. And I said, well, you know, what happened? What's going on? And she said, well, I'm, uh, if you want the truth, I'm mad at God. And I said, well, you know, why are you mad at God? And she said, because God, I prayed for my grandmother to be healed, and my grandmother was never, ne was never healed. And I said, I'm so sorry about your grandma. How old was she? 86. Now, I'm thinking what I wanted to say First thing I wanted to say was, my grandparents died before I was born, so you had them for 28 years. You are so blessed and so lucky. And something else I wanted to say is, so wait, let me get this straight. You're mad at the God who gave your grandma life and who was with her all these amazing 86 years and gave her to you and you to her and gave you these amazing memories and everything and died on the cross so she could have eternal life now and be in heaven right now. And you're mad because you didn't, your grandma, God didn't let your grandma do what no other person on this earth had ever done, and that's live forever. That's kind of what I wanted to say. But isn't that kind of what we do? And I want to say this, and I want to say this with, 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 this is something we have to understand. In this world, grandma's going to die. Sunday. Grandpa's going to die someday. 
Mom and dad are going to die someday. Our, we're going to die someday. Our friends are going to die someday. And sometimes they die earlier than we would hope. And sometimes they die in a way that we wish they, they wouldn't. But the mortality rate in this country and in the rest of the world is 100%. And if we're going to get all, uh, all upset at God every time some, that, that happens, remember, this wasn't part of, death wasn't part of God's plan. He created us to live forever, and there's going to time for us as Christians that we're going to do that. And it was, it's, the, it's Satan who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So instead of maybe us shaking our fist at God, we should shake our fist at the one who really is doing all, all, all this. But maybe if we're, and here's something that I've noticed. When people, when the, it comes to death and things like that, we're either going to cling to God and press into God, or we're going to reject and say, God, I don't like you any, anymore. And one of them this way, I've been around this for a long time. And when people do this, they get better faster. And they get, they get on with life and there's a healing in their life. When they do this, I've never seen somebody get better. Or never somebody that benefits their life or anybody else's life when you just get hacked to God. And you can say that. And God's okay with us saying, I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I'm struggling. I mean, look at Psalms. That's David doing that. But he always came back to saying, but God, I'm still going to trust you. And God, I'm still going to love, uh, love you. And there's something, uh, and Paul could have done that, but watch what he did do. What did he do? Here it is in Acts chapter 16, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Wait, 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 wait. They were praying and singing hymns. They were singing worship songs to the God who didn't rescue them, who did not come through in that way, who did not protect them in, in that and then so here's the next Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them I bet they were I mean you see this guy, these people bloody you see these guys beaten within an inch of their life and they're singing praise that's going to get your attention and then I love the next word suddenly I love that that's become one of my favorite words in the Bible suddenly because it's in there several times and I love the fact that God can do suddenly that we serve a suddenly God and we serve a God that can do things through process he can do things through you know through through a process but every once in a while he just does this suddenly and I mean even Joel was saying that this morning that there's a suddenly God can do and what normally wouldn't do and what he's been to for, for years and boom suddenly he's healed there was a, a friend of mine just two days ago he's a pastor and he was struggling with saying man we're thirty thousand dollars behind in our budget in the church and he called me or texted me yesterday and he said somebody that's just started coming to the church for two weeks they just gave a check for thirty thousand dollars suddenly all of a sudden everything's everything's different god whatever that is in your life god can do this suddenly as i thank god that he does this suddenly Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, there it is again, at once all the doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Now, now, I mean, think about this, okay? A moment before, God chose not to rescue Paul. And now, suddenly, God's doing something completely different. God has now had chains fall off. God has prison doors open. God's had an earthquake. God has done all, the, all these things. And here's the thing that we have to realize. Some of us, we're thinking this. You and I are thinking, well, wait, couldn't God have just, you know, done this and, and had the same thing where now he's free, but he couldn't have freed him here and, and he wouldn't have had to go through all this, all this stuff. And sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we scratch our head at why God does the things he does, when God does, and how God does the things he does. There's a verse in the Bible that, that it, this, this helps us. When we understand this verse, we can go through a lot and we can, uh, can understand it's not really the way we see things. And that uh, God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. 
For as the heavens are high above the earth, you think about how high that is, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are, not, are above your thought ways and above your thoughts. And you know what that's saying? That's saying God is almost always going to do things differently than what we expect because his ways are different than us. His ways are, are, are different. But they're always going to be better than ours too. His ways are going to be higher. His ways are going to be bigger. His ways are going to be better than, than us as, as well. And so, here the, so here's the thing that gets me too. Paul and Silas worshiped God before the miracle ever happened. Before the miracle ever happened. I mean, think of this. That, that their, their situation hadn't changed. They are bleeding. They are hurting. Their feet are in chains. They are in prison, and they are singing worship songs. They have no idea what's about to happen, and they're going to praise God anyway. And the thing that I love about that, too, is I love the fact that I bet you if he never, if there was never an earthquake, he'd still be praising God. He'd still be lifting him up. He'd still be worshiping the God who had not rescued him at that time. And the Bible says, it says this in Hebrews 13. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that professes his name. A sacrifice of praise. What does that word sacrifice mean? Sacrifice means we do something when it hurts. So it means we do something when it costs us. It, it, does, it means that, that we do something when we don't understand, when it's difficult for us. And let's, let's be honest. Man, when everything's going our way, it is easy to come in here and worship God, isn't it? And just, man, oh, man, just, just thank God for all he's done and thank God for everything working great in our life and all the things that are working great. But there's other times that it's a sacrifice, isn't it? that we'll have a broken heart, that something's happened in, in there. And I've done both things. I have come in here and I, and, and I have worshiped God with heart, just absolutely busting with thanksgiving for God and, and with tears coming down my eyes just in gratitude for God. And maybe like you, I've come in here with my heart broken and I've come in here with tears of pain coming down my, uh, my, my cheek. And, it's, and I wonder which one God just, you know, I think God is, is taken aback by, by especially the this, this second one of those. When there's people in here that you today, that you listening, you praised God anyway. You praised God anyway. You praised God even through the pain, even though your, your, your back is bleeding, even though you're, you're in, in, in the prison or whatever that is, even though it's midnight, which it was for them. It feels like midnight to you, and you came in here, and you gave a sacrifice of praise, and you worship God anyway. And you know what I love? I love, man, God answers those prayers in Scripture. God loves that. You think about what we've gone over in the last few, few months. We've talked about just the power of praise, that, that Joshua had the people praise and the walls of Jericho came down. For the last two weeks, we talked about a man by the name of Jehoshaphat, and he, he had the, all the people praise too. And what happened there, that the enemy was defeated, and they, they, they even plundered the, 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 the enemy for three days. That's how big it was. And now today, we have prison doors fly open, and we have, and we have uh, chains fall off, and all they did was praise. Praise. I mean, all they do, that is the power of praise in our life. And, and even, maybe even especially when we're hurting that that, that, that happens. And I thought, you know, just, um, just the, the power of praise and when all, all, all that takes place. Um, that even though we're broken and bleeding, even though that, that happens, sometimes the biggest things happen when we praise God anyway. And look what it says here. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to, to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. 
But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Now think of this. All this shaking, all this commotion uh, woke him up, and he goes running in. Can you imagine his terror when he realizes all the prison doors are open? Because not only would he lose his job, but in those days what happened is you would get the same penalty as the people you, were, you, you let go. So if there's a person there for 30 days, you had, to, uh, you had to hold their penalty. If somebody was there for capital punishment, you would be killed if you let the, the prisoner escape. So he's terrified. He's ready to commit Harry Carey there. He's ready to end his life. And all of a sudden, Paul says, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then it says this, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The jailer's like, oh my goodness, I, re I realize the God you serve and the God you're singing about, he's the real God, and I want in on that. How do I get saved too? How do I come into a relationship with this God who is absolutely uh, uh, amazing? And Paul and Silas answer his questions. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of God to him and to all the others in the, in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. Did you get this? So all of a sudden, not only did he, the jailer, come to faith, but his entire family came to faith. Now, what would have happened if it happened to you and I, if we were God and we'd let him go and nothing, you know, that he never got to prison in the first place? What would happen? Nothing. We wouldn't be talking about that today. We wouldn't be doing any, anything like that. The fact is that, it, that doing it God's way, the result of doing it God's way, led to salvation of an entire family. And also, here we are, 2,000 years later, being inspired by the, by the story. That's how big God is. God does things so much bigger and so much better than we ever do. And sometimes he allows his people to go through some trouble because he's got a much bigger plan for them and for other people on the, on the other side. And I'm convinced, I'll tell you, I'm convinced of something. I'm convinced that time after time, God has allowed us to go through pain and things in order to protect us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's this, I bet I've had this happen close to five times in my life, that I was late for an appointment. I was late for something. I hate being late. I love being on time. And I remember I'm late. Something happened and I'm late. And I remember as I'm driving, I run into a, a, an accident that has just taken place. And I wonder in my life, on several times I wonder, I wonder if I wasn't late, whether I'd have been in that that accident or not or maybe you maybe you applied for a job and you didn't get the job and you were qualified for the job and it broke your heart that you were didn't get that job and then you find out six months later that everybody that was in that job now you have a good job and everybody else in that job has been laid off and God protected you from what could have happened if you were in there how many times have you prayed for something how many times have you prayed and God did not answer it the way you wanted it to you were hoping he would or the timing he would and you look back now weeks months years later and you go Whew. Thank you, God, for not doing it my way. It's just, again, thank you, God, for unanswered prayers, right? Thank you, God, for sometimes not doing it the way I was convinced. That, and, and maybe sometimes it's a, it's a name, right? You've got a name to that. Maybe there was a person that you, that, that you wanted to date or was dating and everything, and, and, and your heart was broken by that, by that person, by that gal or by that girl. And you look back now and you go, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that you were sparing me, that you were protecting me, and I didn't even see. In fact, I gave you a hard time, and, and I didn't even see what you, were, what you were doing there. So God miraculously rescues Paul from prison until he didn't, okay? Because, again, you know what happens later on here? I mean, like, what, what the rest of the book of Acts is, God rescuing Paul, 
God not rescuing Paul. God delivering him, God not delivering him. I mean, some examples. He delivered him from several shipwrecks. He, he, he delivered him from several mobs. He delivered him from one time he was, had to be thrown out of a, 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 a wall of a city because he was going to be killed. And at the same time, you know what you have? You have God allowing him to go through. One time he was stoned. And I don't mean, no, I don't mean this kind of stone. I mean with, with rocks kind of, uh, kind of stone. Okay? And, and God allowed his beloved. God allowed the, the, the writer of half the New Testament to go through that, but he didn't allow him to die, that he pops up later when everybody thought he had, had, had died. God allowed him to be bit by a snake, that, a viper, that he should have died on. And God, did nothing, nothing happens to him completely whatsoever. And the same God allowed him to be beheaded a few, uh, few years later from that, uh, from that event. And sometimes and when God, when it fit God's plan, it was, it was kind of different ways, different times. And you know what? It's easy for us to see God's plan when we look back and we take a look at Paul, right? We go, you know what? God's way was better. I mean, all of a sudden, there's people being, being set free. And we don't even know the result of how many people this jailer talked about and how many people that family talked about and how many that went on and that spread. It could have been hundreds. It could have been thousands of people that were changed, that their eternal destiny was transformed because God allowed that to happen. We can see that now. We look back at that, and we know that. It's harder when we're the one in prison, isn't it? It's harder when it's midnight in, in our life as well. And I can look back at so many times in my life that God has delivered me and set me free from, from things and look back at that. And I, I want to talk about one that he didn't, that he allowed my heart to be broken. I was going through in, in seminary and I was going through ordination. And, uh, and I, was, I want you to know, I was planning on going back to Colorado to be a pastor from, in my home state in Colorado. And I was going through all the whole ordination process, and we showed up there. There were 27 of us, and they let us know that there was only going to be one person that was accepted out of the 27, and it had to be an ethnic female. And I didn't fit that. And, and so I remember going back. You know, for the last several years, I had dreamed about this and going through this and going back and being a, a pastor there. And, and you could say, well, you know, you weren't rejected. It was just a numbers thing, but you can't tell my heart that. My heart was crushed. My heart was, was broken. And what God did is just in a few weeks later, what usually takes a couple of years to do, in this conference, God opened the door in 24 hours. I did what usually takes a couple hours. They just, they, I mean, my door, door just slammed in one, and God threw me through, an, through another door. And what I'm trying to say is this. If God didn't allow my heart to be broken then, I wouldn't be talking to you today. And you wouldn't be listening to me today. And there wouldn't be a crossroads today. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of happy that happened. So, so. And so here's the thing. God not only has a plan long before you have the problem, but God's plan is bigger than, than your plan. I remember I used to, my mom used to sit in a chair and I used to lay down in front of her there when I was a kid and I'd be looking at the TV. I'd be laying underneath mom's, mom's chair and my mom loved to do needlepoint and things like that. And I remember one time she was, she was doing that needlepoint stuff, whatever, and I, I remember looking up and seeing the bottom of that. And you know what I'm talking about. It looks like mom had lost her mind, right? I mean, there's just strings everywhere. There's just, it makes no sense. And I'm, I still remember looking up and going, what are you making? I mean, what in the world could you make and be making with all this, this stuff? And, and she said, come over here and look. So I got up and I looked, and it was beautiful from her angle. I mean, it's this beautiful, beautiful cross-stitch that she's, that she's doing up there, and it was great from, from her angle. And it was just crazy from, from underneath. 
And, and then here's what I noticed, that every time she was doing a new needlepoint, it never got uncrazy. It always looked crazy. And from my angle, it always looked crazy. It looked like mom had lost it. But then what I started to realize is, is every time I trusted mom's heart, and I trusted that no matter what it looked like from my angle, it was going to be good from her angle, that she knew what she was doing, she was doing things. And the, the same thing with us. How many times do we look from our angle and we look and go, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why this has happened. I don't understand why you didn't answer this prayer. I didn't understand, don't understand why you let that person die. I don't understand why you didn't protect. I don't understand this. And from our angle, it's confusing. But from God's angle, we have to know that God is always good. He's always loving. He's always faithful. He's always right. He never does the wrong thing. And here's the thing that I notice is every time, every time he does something, it still looks weird. It never stops looking weird from our angle. But you know what I want in my life? I want to trust my God as much as I trusted my mom. Amen. I wanted to, tr I wanted to trust that my, I knew my mom was doing something from her angle that I couldn't understand. I want to be able to trust God that he's doing something from his angle that I don't understand from my angle, that his ways are not my ways. That his thoughts are not my thoughts, but they're way higher and they're way greater. And you know, there's one of my favorite verses, a life verse, and you probably, a lot of you know it. And it says, and, uh, and we know that in all things, God works together for those good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I looked at, you know, there's two words that just jumped out at me the other day, and that's the two words, all things. I looked that up in the original language. You know what it means? All things. It means all things, all things. You know what that means? That that means God is working in the, the mountain and the valley. That God is working when we lose and when we win. That means that God is working when everything's going our way and when nothing's going our way. That means that God is working when our prayers are answered and when we don't see an answer to those prayers. That means God is working when we, uh, when we understand it and we don't understand it, that God is always working. So you know, you know what we do? Here's what we do. We praise God anyway. We praise God before the miracle. We praise God during the miracle. We praise God after the miracle. We praise God even if the miracle doesn't ever come, trusting in God's heart, believing he's doing something great, believe he's doing a plan, and believe it's greater than our plan because our God, our God is faithful. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.